Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. And this week, we're going to welcome you to the Billy Bass Motel. And we're also going to see priests using raver ghost hunting tools. And governments spoon bending. Is it a thing? I don't know. Find out in this week's episode. Let's do it. Let's do it. episode of devil's trap podcast this week we're talking about episode 14 from season one uh i'm diana hey i'm liz and uh here we go here we go we we're here we have we're survived here. we survived the snowpocalypse we have thawed officially uh, no no i'm sweating again i mean it's literally <laughs> like 73 outside and yeah. i when i finally got out of my house and i was like oh huh this is really warm. Well, yeah, it was pushing 80 today here in Dallas yeah. area. Hmm. Yeah. So, I hey, Texas, is this what you do for us? You yeah. you go back and forth and I can't, you know, figure out like if I need to keep buying sweaters and stop, but it seems to stop buying things overall. But yeah, it was an ordeal. Um, I mean, we, I, I came out like, and I didn't come out, sorry, <laughs> but um, I came out of it okay. Uh, you know, I basically was stuck in the house for seven days. I think mm-hmm. the, the, my number tally is stuck in house for seven days, intermittent power for five, no Wi-Fi for four days afterwards, two days of boil water. Um, I did read 15 books in the past <laughs> week. Well, you know, but good for you. I mean, what else you do? Yeah. I mean, mean, it's not like I was reading anything that was going to expand my mind. It was all (laughs) just, I want to read some crap, crappy paranormal fiction. Brain fluff. That's what I call it. Yep. I read so much brain fluff and I found like one of the series on um, Kindle that had like 13 books in it. So I was like, like, (laughs) I'm just going to read this series. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And yep. And I finished that series right before the internet came back. Well, I just had gotten a new book in my Kindle and then finally internet came back Monday night. Man. So that's crazy. It's like insult to injury. It's like, okay, well, power's out. You're not going to really have internet then unless you're that on a generator yeah. but then like power's back and then the internet went down yeah, it's like oh well and also like hey fuck you spectrum like i'm sorry <laughs> like this is it was ridiculous because it went out like when things were thawing and i get yeah. you're you're helping out there's a lot of things that were out but also your communication is terrible uh all of you all of your communication was fucking terrible this is yeah. really bad you need to learn how to communicate to your customers better I mean, basically, like, while it's not precisely what you do, what a bunch of a lot of your job is centered around, you know, <clears throat> crisis management. Basically, I mean, that's my job. My title is incident commander. Yeah, I, I manage crises. You're so mad. You are so mad, and how they handled <laughs> everybody. No, like, it is oh, ter- is terrible emergency management, and I get it. Yeah, you got some shit things that are going on, but for fuck's sake, like you 
figure out how to plan this better and and just and also admit when you fuck up it's you nobody wants to do that there's too many politicians like oh we're gonna blame it on wind turbines oh i'm gonna blame it on the nuclear power going out oh i'm gonna blame it on ted cruz going to cancun like no y'all suck just just admit it like i sucked equal suckage yeah yeah it was it was kind of a a lot a lot uh yeah a lot a lot I braved on Friday afternoon or just at noon, basically it started thawing just enough that, um, we braved driving Duchess, my beloved 1963 Cadillac Bill, to, uh, Dallas Autorama to make an appearance and set up with our car club, them. And, uh, so I will say as not shocking information after the uh, load-ins for the car show were all day Thursday and then Friday morning and they extended a little bit into Friday afternoon. Um, a lot of cars and vendors did not make that trek because the roads were still kind of crappy Friday morning, but like by Friday midday, they were fine except for some side streets. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we brought her in and, uh, hand washed her inside an indoor facility and, uh, then all of our, and then left her for the weekend. Basically we were there up there most of the day, Saturday and Sunday, but, uh, we, uh, Duchess got her first award. Hey, she won a prize. Yay, yeah, she, got, she, got, she got she got a little plaque. So um yeah, that was kind of cool. Got something to a little little pin in her hat there. So it was pretty exciting stuff. We'll um, have to make a trophy room for Duchess. <laughs> All her awards. Right now it'd be very small. But this is her first, so it's okay. And uh so that was pretty cool. And everybody in the club got trophies uh for different categories. So that was pretty cool. Uh, because we we're all in different classes if you will and then uh so yeah that was a good time it was something to do and hang out and be around people but distance dish but also those are all people that are in kind of our bubble so it doesn't really matter but uh yeah so it was a good good time doing that and yay duchess um got some cute photos of her and there we go that's our that's our excitement here and now now we're on the countdown to come down and visit with liz in her side of the state um to go this weekend uh to pick up some wine and some cider potentially and some rum uh we'll be making our little rounds to to some of our favorite spots down in the uh the hill country yeah it's very exciting i need i need people um, so and it's probably usually <laughs> that point where Diana gets concerned. She's like, have you seen anybody like in like a few, a while? I'm like, nah, no, nah, I haven't. Usually I'm okay with that, but eventually you do need people. Uh, no, I only need people I like. Well, so, fair. uh, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking just, uh, my Gattavecchi white wine. I've talked about it before. It's my Italian white that I like from Montepulciano. Gattavecchi, drinking the Gattavecchi Y1. It was, and it was, it was what was available, like handy and <laughs> white wine sounded good then. I, I don't know. Yeah, I was going to make a dark I and need- stormy. And then I was like, uh, very tired because this is my first day back at work. So it was a, it was a shit show. Um, but so I'm drinking a West, West Northern, Northern Pinot Noir, but I am drinking it in a very awesome antimatter cup which is from uh which is from the brooklyn superhero supply company that my friend tina turned me on to their glassware their glassware is awesome and what's also really cool is like this is just you know they have really great superhero things you have kids 
totally go there. If you like drinking beer out of pint glasses, go there too. But they're really they're a nonprofit, and they have basically it's a nonprofit for writing uh, for getting kids like between six and eighteen to increase their writing skills. And so the superhero supply is just a front for them. But they have all sorts of fun things like so this one's antimatter, and then they have like invisibility and all like other superhero things that you want. And then you can also get buckets of them, which just make really cool office supplies. You know, so you have your buckets of superpowers that you can draw from and they have like masks and gloves and they're just a really great company and make cool shit so i like it kudos to people who make good shit for for good reasons yeah that's good stuff yeah awesome we uh i'm very low on all my stock of tasty wines and beverages so that's one reason this trip is very essential for me (laughs) like i need stuff well, actually, yeah, I have a bunch of wine that I've been saving for you. I need to remember to yeah. add that to Diana's stuff, but I have some rosés I think you're going to like. Oh. And um, mm. yeah, I'm also, I've, I'm not out of wine. I'm just out of the wine that I really want to be touching. You yeah. know, it's the, okay, like these are the more expensive bottles. And so I just so been trying special to Special occasion bottles. Well, special occasions being like a Sunday, but you know, like, it's not like I want to drink that, like, you know, how often I drink wine, but I really haven't been drinking that much lately because I've just been tired and, you know, under natural disasters, but anyhow, so that's depressing and not depressing at the same time, which is what we, what we bring you. You never know. (laughs) Our our joyous depression. (laughs) There we go. Um, So. All right. Uh, episode 14. I feel like we're really, really, really into the season now. Um, nightmare. Nightmare. So this was aired February 7th, 2006. So we're still kind of on the, the same timeline. I like that. Uh, it was directed by Phil Scritchia. And this is the first time he's directed, but it's not the last. Um, he'll, he ends up directing like a ton of episodes and there's a really great photo that we'll share of him on the Supernatural Wiki where he's at the 200th episode and he's got like this nudie suit jacket and a bolo tie on and he's just super stylish. So we nice. love a guy who can pull off a super Western style suit and a bolo tie. Oh, so yeah. cool for him. And this was also written by our chick Sarah Gamble and Rael, Rael someday I learned how to say your first name, Tucker. So yeah, uh, that's my background on this. Not a ton, but, you know, nudie suit. Awesome. That's noted. Yeah. Uh, so the episode, as it's um, as it's kicking off, uh, we have a song playing. So I'm going to go straight to the song that's playing when this episode starts, um, is a, a song by a band called Flickerstick. The song is Money and Dealers. Flickerstick is actually, so Dallas, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area music history. They were um, a band out of Denton. It's a small college town just north of Dallas Fort Worth and they actually got fairly famous in the early 2000s because they were on a tv show called bands on the run on vh1 and uh and and like seriously they broke they signed with epic records after it and stuff and then they had like a legit deal and were touring they they had like pretty major radio play um but yeah so Flickerstick, who is a rock band that well now defunct rock band from Denton Texas is the song that uh kicks off this episode but there That's you go. nice. Yeah, the original one had a bunch of Seeker in it, and again, Seeker ah. too expensive for Netflix. Oh. Uh, but but yeah, so, so we've got a do- guy off- driving. Yeah, go ahead. Did you, I was like, we're gonna start off with the Dodge? Did you figure out what the Dodge was? Because it was an older car. I wasn't. I didn't. I was like, man, that's a miscellaneous late seventies, early eighties Dodge. <laughs> okay. <look> <laughs> 
I was like, fear, look, looking very closely. I'm like, ooh, is this is this so car of note? No, 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 no. Shitty old dodge. Uh, yeah, that was kind of my assessment of it. Okay, I was just wondering. Yeah. So, and uh, also the plates are. The, this is how they're telling us that we're in Michigan. Yes, and they're showing us that this matters because they zoom in on the plates right away. Uh, and it's like, well, why else would they be zooming in on this? Like, it's not like it's a custom plate or anything. They're just zooming on the license plate where it says Michigan very clearly in the license plate number. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, Scritchia is actually from Michigan. So you'll, we're going to see a lot of Michigan shit throughout this episode. Cause they're just yeah. like, we're going to collect all the Michigan things and decorate every set with it. So, uh, a lot of these things are actually from his like collection, like his, his sister set up, I think his sister, I don't remember. Uh, sorry if I'm getting that detail right wrong, but yeah, so we'll, you can kind of play the count the Michigan things as you go through the episode. That's funny. Yep. Yeah. So so it's a guy driving and you know the music's playing and he is pulling into his garage and kind of fumbling around in his car and then right when he's about to get out, uh, the garage door closes on him and he and then his doors lock, um, and the car starts up again. He had turned it off as he pulled in the garage, and then the radio starts kind of doing this weird flip around, playing like weird static credits and things like that. And I literally wrote down, oh no, carbon monoxide death coming. Um, and, uh, you know, not, it's kind of scary. I mean, we'll get to what that, you know, how scary later in the episode. But um, the tie in was as, for, as I was watching this, un- sadly and unfortunately, was I'm like, oh shit. So a bunch of people, this is kind of scary, timely with the carbon monoxide death because there were a lot of people that had part carbon monoxide poisoning from trying to use different heat methods um, last week in Texas. Um, some, I believe, passed from that, but I know there was a lot of people in the hospitals for carbon monoxide poisoning. I'm like, this is a little too, little too timely right now. It is. It, it was, was like, a little shit. too timely and sad, but also Supernatural Hermione could not let that go and be like, so again uh and you'll even find out with more i'm on a bunch of weird lists this week again so you know it's like how long does it take you to die from carbon monoxide poisoning in a locked car in a garage uh, yeah it was so many lists uh, so you're really, on a lot of watch lists i'm on it well yeah it doesn't matter which country you're asking so uh Really, most of the things I say, and you can kind of tell by the way he was dying, that the exhaust is actually probably going to get you more than the carbon monoxide, but the carbon monoxide poisoning is definitely there. And, you know, it's commonly believed that, you know, if you go and like, basically, trigger warning, uh, I guess. uh, So if you want to try and commit suicide by um, locking yourself in the garage with the car running, you know, there's going to be a, like, you're just going to drift off to sleep. Please don't. Don't do that. You know, call, yeah. Um, call, call anybody. Yeah. Call anybody. Um, so, um, but it's not true. You're not going to drift off like in a, in a soft sleep. So what they were showing this episode is kind of true. So uh, carbon monoxide poisoning causes immense pain and discomfort and it'll cause convulsions and muscle spasms as the body is trying to get oxygen because that's really what's killing you, right? It's right. You're, suffoca- with, you're suffocating. You're suffocating, right? Uh, so the level of carbon monoxide in a closed garage after the car has been allowed to warm up for two minutes, that's 400 parts per million. And with that, you're going to see seizures, severe headaches, and vomiting in under an hour, and you'll be unconscious in two. Um, but with an undiluted warm car exhaust without a catalytic converter, which is that why this is being an right. old dodge, is kind of important. Right. So 
newer cars have a catalytic converter that better right. filters the exhaust because there's a catalytic converter in newer cars the DAF would take longer and it would be harder to do but so in that type of situation with it's probably what this car would be yeah. um that's 6400 parts per million for carbon monoxide within there and so that will cause unconsciousness after two to three breaths breaths and death within 15 minutes so <sighs> Yeah, and we see him the the main character, not the main character, the first character that we see in this episode. We see him kind of flicking, flailing a bit, kicking at the windows, trying to get out. And and you're kind of watching like for a little bit from like in the scene, but you're watching also they show a shot where it's like a bystander watching basically. Um, and then we cut really quickly to Sam waking up, and that he was it was almost like he was watching it happen in his dream. Um, it was all a dream. Um, so, and he saw the license plate and he's like, you know, totally like cajoles Dean into getting in the car with him and start hauling ass and trying to call, say we need to get to Michigan and trying to call also, and figure out the Did plate. you notice the beds in that motel? Oh my God, this sense. is, yeah, they have like these white velvet tufted beds and there was a starburst clock on the wall. Like it was another, like they were in a, a super cool one. I'm but... bummed I missed that one because the one they were in later is fucking gross. But yeah, they okay. get but like kitschy. Yeah, but uh, I think I called it the Billy Bass Motel. Like, remember that? Like, I, I called it the I called oh. it the Deerhead Motel. So we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he gets Dean to go, and Dean they're like, "Well, we're," he, and Dean's like, "Uh, oh, whatever. It's probably nothing." And then Sam is able to get a name and address by pretending to be a fucking cop again. And sure, then, Sam. And they're yeah, and they're a couple hours away still, so they're hauling ass. But Dean's still kind of like, "Eh, we'll see. I don't know about this." And as they pull up, they see the coroner putting a man in a body bag. And Dean just kind of gives Sam a look at this time. And this is where you're kind of like, Dean's kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And Sam's feeling like freaked out, you can tell. Yeah. I would also like to point out that the guy, you know, they found out his name is Jim Miller and he's in Saginaw, yeah. Michigan, which then put Saginaw, Michigan stuck in my head. So look at Lefty Frizzell, Saginaw, Saginaw, Michigan, if you don't know what that song is. And I'm like, crap. Like now that's stuck in my head. Um, <laughs> I also thought, I also noted that Baby was making some sweet room sounds. She was vroom, she vroom. was she was vroom. she was a lot vroom. of room vrooming, um, and uh, and and you know obviously now they're they're gonna try to blend in with the crowd and find out what happened. So they uh, uh, talking to their with this some lady who straight up says it was a suicide. And so now Sam's like extra freak because he's like, but it wasn't. I don't think. And so um, uh, and you see like um, the a, a, a mom care a, a woman and a teen or adult child out front crying and anyway so uh and of course the woman that's the witness there is saying that it only happened an hour or two earlier which is you know that Bummer. that you could tell hit that hit sam real hard because they were trying to get there so fast and he's saying to talking to um to dean about it and i thought it was one of the lines that was or the sentiments that he was sharing was that why is he having these dreams if he can't prevent the death um because he was dreamt about jess of course too and anyways so there we go yep and dean's he, giving him some serious side eye during this conversation he is he's, but he's, he's, he's playing it off verbally but he's giving him kind of like a, oh shit what the fuck yeah no your poker face sucks how do you actually win money at poker dean you're not good <laughs> at this and yeah. so it's like oh no man it, it's fine it's fine but you know what sam we got to come up with a plan to talk to this family right they've got to figure out how to go get into the house so they can talk to the family and check the house out so what is their super duper plan we're gonna be priests yeah Jesus. 
Oh my God. The, oh priest, my gosh, the, priest. the priest. Okay. One, uh, we, okay. The alias they chose, um, come on, like, like, and I get it. It's funny, but how would you, what kind of asshole is this uncle that he doesn't know like father Simmons and father freely. And like, if you don't know those members of kiss, like, and, and at that age, like, what the fuck were you doing with your life? Like, yeah, maybe some things that you are coming, but also, mm. um, so ladies, men, other genders, whatever, if you're going to write some fan fiction, the fan fiction that you should not choose to write is about <laughs> Sam indeed as priest fucking you. Cause I stumbled across that and I am very, very disturbed. I'm, I am, and I am not approved. I, I am probably the farthest thing from from that and i was like this is this is too much it is too much you were wow over the line, over the line smoking over the, over the line and you know i forgot like what sam says later but you know like tune it down or whatever tune it down man like that's yeah that's much but that's how you feel about that i also like that sam comments on this being a new low for them but which also ties into the your fan fiction assessment also fan fiction new low stop just stop it um, <gasps> no they're brothers right um, uh, so, but this also the priest thing does generate my favorite one of my favorite gag reels of all time and i don't know should we spoil it or should we just post it I, i'll post it Okay, we'll post we'll it. post we'll post my favorite uh, gag reel from from the, from the DVDs, which some thankful some people have violated copyright and put on the internet. But you know, it's cool. It's fair use. Fair use. Okay, so exactly. we've got Father Simmons and we got Father Freely and Uncle's being a dick, and then we get to meet Mrs. Miller. And who is Mrs. Miller? Uh huh. This is Zelda. Yep, and I just call her Zelda through the rest of the script. So if I, go off, I know she has a different name. And she was Zelda in both the Clarissa edition, which is what I'm calling the Melissa Joan Hart version of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and in the new adventure. Shh, shh, shh. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. If you haven't watched the, the last season of New Adventure Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, that's a spoiler. What? Did you not watch the last season? I'm not done, but it's just Zelda. No, she's not zelda in oh. the new chilling adventures of sabrina did you not finish the last season not damn it damn it diana okay i'm not gonna spoil shit but you she's know, also in an episode of walker i wanted to point out too so that's kind of interesting is. time for this but there's a lot of people who are ro rolling into walker so good on yeah. you padlock everything care of your people also i'm sure walker's filming in vancouver which is weird why are you filming walker texas ranger in vancouver like that i seems like exceptionally wrong you can't just, shoot a Texas show in Canada. No, no. Ugh. I still haven't watched it. I haven't either. But I've got a DVR. <laughs> we'll see. I'll get there. I'm just gonna all I'm right. just gonna wait until like the end of the season, then I'll binge. But all right. So we've got Aunt Zelda and the priest, and they're gonna have a talk with them. And that's where Sam tells Dean to tone it down while he eats cocktail weenies. And then I was like, damn, I really want a cocktail weenie. Um, <laughs> You never get them. Like you only have them during like Super Bowl parties and shit. It's yeah. not like something things I you keep don't. Things Liz does house. not attend. <laughs> things yeah, parties no, I'm Liz not, doesn't go to. <laughs> I'm not going to go to those parties. And like, can you eat like a big? Can, and they come in big batches, right? They you do. can't just be like, I'm going to like make a side of of cocktail we need for myself. No, no, you can't. 
We'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to figure a cocktail weenie needs. Do you want to figure out how many times I can say cocktail weenie? Because it's going to be a lot. We can start working on that and start keeping a, t- a, tick, a, tick, a tracker for that. We'll tick marks. Yeah, maybe we'll bring that for this weekend. <laughs> cocktail weenies. I don't even know. Where do you find, are they in the, like the bacon section? Like Yeah, you, usually. Okay. With the bacon and sausage kind of area. The processed meat section. <laughs> in the processed meats. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I like how you, mm, when I said processed meats. <laughs> well, that's the good stuff. That's the sausage and the bacon. Mm. <sighs> All right. So anyway, so they, they start, they're talking to this lady and I thought it was really funny. So Sam, you know, they're talking to her. She seems really shocked by the whole thing and um, is very obviously bereaved. And Sam um, wants to you know, find out that the son is actually the one that found the dad. So Sam goes to talk to him because that's, you know, empathetic Sam going to chat with somebody with some, you know, delicate touch as opposed to Dean's bull in a china cabinet. Um, and uh, <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny that Dean's like trying to talk about the house and because they assume at this point there's something with the house that caused this to happen. Seems logical. Like, yeah, I mean, that's that's a good assumption for them. And he's like, so, you know, you've been here for like five years and like, well, it's an older house. There's all those problems that come with an older house and no old house is perfect. And she's like, we haven't had any issues at all. The house is fine. And I'm like, that is fucking bullshit because I live in an old house. <laughs> She's a liar. She is a liar. But anyways, because he's like, oh, power, you know, funky, funky wiring, funky plumbing, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all of it. All of yep. it. Yes. You had you had pl- you had plumbing problems. You had electricity problems. You probably had it. to rewire the house, and then you found asbestos. Like there is a lot of things wrong house. with your house. Yeah, yeah. So, so, this, so, this, bitch, so this bitch is lying, or somebody fucking like tore that house down to the like framing and rebuilt it. That's my that's yep. my assessment. There you go. So I'm I was irritated with this bitch lying about her old house being perfect. <laughs> um. So, anyways. So Dean wanders off to go to the bathroom and uh, upstairs, which is real annoying that there are only bathrooms upstairs. I, I also thought that. I was like, why do you not have a, a half bath downstairs? Like that's... Well, your house has obviously been redone. You couldn't add a fucking half bath down here for someone to use. Jeez, that's it... so annoying. I don't want guests wandering up there. <laughs> no, for, it's um. legit. Yeah. Um, um so but also when he goes upstairs you could also if you haven't if you didn't notice how short his pants are it's God, great like that, they like hard. don't fit him at all which is on funny. i read it is on purpose but um yeah it's it's really fucking adorable they're high water like as fuck that's hilarious yeah and so we cut back sam's trying to talk to the to the son max and kind of like planned off like he lives at home to save money and dad was like a normal dad and he heard the car running, doesn't know what's going on, but keeps like, gets really like kind of like, I don't know. Twitchy. That's twitchy. my, my- a little twi- twitchy. Yeah. He's just very like, not. He looks like a fucking tweaker. That's like my whole thing with Matt. Like he, Max, it looks like he needs to like go like smoke some meth somewhere. Really? I didn't, I didn't get he's, he's socially inept and like, he's yeah. just squeaky as fuck. So yeah. Yeah, and then, um, and Sam's just trying to empathize with him about losing a parent and blah, blah, blah. So um especially when you don't have all the answers is what Sam <laughs> about losing a parent so yeah and we cut back to Dean upstairs and I'm like what the <laughs> fuck is that with lasers and video on it <laughs> my exact <laughs> what my note is what the fuck is that laser thing 
And I, we do have an answer for you later, but that was my first response. I was well, like, they, what they, the a, few, fuck? a little bit later, like a few lines later, they call it an infrared thermal yeah, scanner. Yeah, we'll get in. Yeah, I've, I've got some actual research on oh, that. But, okay. Because I because I was intrigued because I was like, what is this rave thing that you're bringing up? <laughs> I was going to say, like, what? He's like, <laughs> like, rave priest now? What the hell? Um, yeah. I was also like, that's not inconspicuous at all. If somebody right? goes up and you're no, like, totally. I'm just shooting. At least like the EMF thing, even if it, like you're, and I mentioned a little walk, your head, your Walkman thing. That was cute scene. Bring, bring yeah. that back. That's, you could at least like be like, I'm a priest. Play it like, off. Music, oh. But not like I'm, whoo, whoo, I just wanted to have a laser show. Just having it, just having a little, little, little laser, laser party me, upstairs me by myself. And your cat in the were playing some games, you know, but. Uh, so weird. Oh my God, that's but yeah anyway so they they end up leaving because that they feel they realize that that's all they're getting out of this visit and there's yeah. nothing in the house uh so yeah and i like that we cut to the the uh billy bass motel as i <laughs> yeah, call it I, I could yeah i could not see the sign and like you kind of see part of it here and kind of the back and i was like yeah. i can't figure out i just know there's a big deer on it that's why i was calling it deer head hotel <laughs> i call it Millie bass because i feel like there was more than one framed fish on the wall and all i could think of was that thing like what was it like 20 years ago those fish and you push the button and they like start flopping and singing and that was the one those big I mouth billy it. bass and i was like yeah there was a billy bass and i loved a billy bass like there yeah. there's so much i don't know why they always entertain me They're even funny. if they like they also can get possessed i think that may be an issue i think um, i didn't so, think somebody figure out how to like reprogram them but anyway so i call oh it yeah you can totally rickroll on those things like they're so easy to reprogram um <gasps> so yeah you can rickroll people with them there's a thousands of ways that you can alter billy bass to do like amazing terrible things um but that's probably why i love them because you can make them kind of awful yeah they're already they're awful uh, in a one way to begin with you can make them more awful in other ways what was the song because i just oh they usually did rolling on the river but in like in my head i was going to the baby back rib song like i'm really fast really fast really fast and that's not it at all i think that was a fever acid dream but um (laughs) anyways okay so we're at the hotel and dean is cleaning Cleaning guns guns. (laughs) that's what i know i'm like "Mm." so baby's baby's trunk's very empty right now but oh, there to be fulfilled and <laughs> uh, but also like good job team like that maintenance is important and if you want to come important. over here and clean my guns i would also really appreciate it because it <laughs> is a pain in the ass yeah. um one of my Overdue. friends was laughing. So during the during the the winter storm apocalypse, the cat knocked over one of the lamps because we were basically like sequestered in the living room, and it was like five o'clock in the morning. I don't know the power had just gone out, but she knocked over a lamp and it scared the shit out of me. And I couldn't like I woke up and I thought it sounded like something somebody was breaking into the garage. So then you know I got up off. It was like yeah I got off the couch. I went to go get a firearm. He was like you're a Texan. Like you don't just sleep without underneath your pillow. Like your pillow isn't a gun. And I'm like no it was this is not my normal escape plan. Like it's not normally in here. So yeah I had to go get one. But not, not usually that- sleeping next to the fireplace like it's the olden days. Yeah no but. Anyways, so we've got uh, Dean's cleaning gun, Sam's building a murder wall. And so they yeah, can't- that, That's where I wrote. So I was like, ooh, there's Sherlock Sam. Sherlock slash, Sam is slash, slash conspiracy theorist Sam. <laughs> slash serial killer. Yeah. Uh, so, and then they're going back and forth. And this is where Dean says, we even use an infrared thermal scanner. At this point, I'm like, okay, I have to look up what the fuck this is. And so according to extremeghosthunting.com, yes, that's a website and it starts with an X. So extreme. So extremeghosthunting.com 
says that ghosts are known for uh, using the heat around them as energy, which ends up causing a fluctuation in the area's temperature. Since thermal cameras are able to detect and show changes in temperature, an unexplainable cold or hot spot could mean there's a ghost present. And you can get one of these on Amazon for around $300. They are not cheap. They're some of them are up to like in the thousands. So I'm like, damn. But I think that's probably for using them to hunt terrorists or something. But um, I so. yeah, I mean, hopefully... If you're a ghost hunter, that's a that's an investment, man. If you've got a G laying around as a ghost hunter, I hope you have a really good career because, I mean, that's some money. I'm sure the people on Ghost Adventures and Fear, whatever they are, I'm sure they have lots of money. They have sponsors. They have yeah, they have Discovery Plus channel money, and they're like, look at look at my infrared thing. But none of them had the laser show. I was very disappointed. I wanted Hmm. one with a laser. I wanted one with laser. They generally, they kind of looked, most of them now look like price scanners. So it's like, you just like price scanning for ghosts. So you're like, (gasps) they also have ones that you can just attach to your phone. So (laughs) they have them both for Android and Apple. So if you want to just put that on your phone, then you can pass. (laughs) No, you don't don't want other ghosts in your house. No, don't, don't want to know. All right. And yeah, so they just start, they, yeah, they're talking while, by, after, you know, they're looking at the conspiracy board some more um, and basically figure out that nothing's bad happened to this, to this house, in this house, on this land or anything. And there's just not anything supernatural about it. What could it be? And suddenly Sam gets a very bad headache. Like, womp, womp. it actually looks really painful. I'm like, damn, if I painful, had to get a like, migraine oh. every time I had to get a vision, fuck that. Yeah, that'd be annoying. Yeah, and he see. And then we cut to he's seeing something, and basically it cuts to Jim's brother, the guy, to, the first guy who died, um, the guy who was uh, his name is Roger. He was the one who was a <laughs> dick to the priests, um, <clears throat> and uh, it's going into his apartment, and there's a shadow that kind of like passes in the background while he's there, and then real creepy, the dude's like trying to put his groceries away, like la di da, and drink a beer like you do, and the window opens on its own. I was not a fan of that. That creeped me out. Um, <laughs> and then, so he closes it and locks it like you do because your window shouldn't open itself. And you watch it and it like slowly unlocks and slowly opens again. And I didn't like that either. Uh, so he's really awkwardly trying to troubleshoot it. And then they totally show you exactly what's going to happen here before it, like in this scene, even before it happens, as he's awkwardly trying to fucking close the window I'm just going to say, my window's stuck open. My key method of troubleshooting it is not to lean out the window and look up uh, with my neck aligned perfectly with the windowsill. I'm just saying. That's not like my, like, this is the position I need to be in for this window that's real fucked up. That's just not. You know, I guess maybe he was trying to look at tracks or something. I don't know. It also makes no sense to me. I would just, honestly, I would just burn the house down and move. But, you know, I mean... (laughs) I was just like, well, fuck, he's going to get his, like, this is going to fall on his neck and cut his head off. And all of a sudden I've got dot, 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 fucking guillotine. Um, Got guillotine by the window. Um, I did try looking that up and I couldn't find anything on that. So that was one of the things Liz researched this week. Can you get guillotine, will your head get cut off by the window? window. Yeah. But there's but a then, lot of physics behind that, like about like how fast the window is falling and how heavy the window is and how thick your neck is. I don't know. It just, just seems like a very I mean, like I can see it causing a lot of damage. 
Yeah, yeah like, I don't know if gonna, it would like cut your larynx, but I don't know. Like it would have to be like a very like sharp window. Like that shitty old wood window is probably not gonna decapitate you. Like it's gonna hurt you badly. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna hurt kill you, the, but like, and the glass would probably break and you know, but which that glass didn't, by the way. It it didn't break. No, it was fine. But so they figure out, you know, figure out this is another vision. And this is <laughs> so Samuel's something's going to kill Roger Miller. And then I was like, now I have King of the Road stuck in my head. So we're, <laughs> we're just getting all sorts of old country references through this. So uh, yeah. King of the Road. <laughs> so they uh, so they haul ass. Um, but also like. Like there's like these weird cuts to like inside like what looked like a, a different room throughout this. I thought it was weird. Anyway, so they haul ass to the apartment and um they're talking about like, you know, now he's seeing things when he's awake. I'm like, yeah, that's fucking creepy. Uh, to just be like standing there and suddenly like a bad headache and you're seeing shit that that's not what's in front of you. That sounds terrifying. And they're also starting to put together this is connected to the Millers, not to the house. Um and it was kind of like a they're talking about Sam having these visions, and there's one of the couple of lines in the in the conversation where that Dean says that they face the unexplainable every day. And, and yeah, Dean's uh, a like straight up denial train, but not oh yeah, you know internally he's not denying; he's just lying to Sam. Like it's just yeah, like, nope. and, and he's like, bottom line emotions. Not gonna talk like about he, it. It's like, fine. like he does, and and, and and very unconvincingly says that this does not freak me out. <laughs> yeah there's no, a long pause this doesn't freak me out it's yeah. fine so they try to stop Ro- they, they catch roger walking to his apartment and they like run up on him <laughs> keep in mind the only time this dude has met them they were pretending to be priests and these two fools pull up in their fucking impala and are like trying to stop him from going into his apartment with his bag of groceries he is not into what they have to say <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't either. Fuck you guys. Like, why are you chasing after me? Like, yeah. piss off. Yeah. <laughs> what is he like? What are you guys, missionaries? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he locks him out of the apartment building because it's one of those buildings where you have to go into it. But I thought it was kind of funny. So they try to go up the fire escape to get to him in well, I was like, they have to do some great parkour to get to the stairs. <laughs> they they're, do, like, they're just like, and then jump over this. And then I was like, Dave, if I saw there were that many stairs, sorry, Roger, you're going to die. <laughs> like, you're not, I am not. It was you. a lot of fucking stairs, right? I was thinking that, that was too. Like, I'm like, I was like, man, I was like, okay, they went up the fire escape. Wait, wait, how many floors are we fucking going here? He's apartment 11. What does that mean? Like, that doesn't make that's sense. 11 flights? Is he on the 11th? Like- 11, apartment 11 is on the 11th floor? Because that's absurd. No one's running up those stairs. Or is it just like a poorly no, numbered that, apartment building? That's poorly numbered apartment building. I'm just saying, I thought that was but, weird. Yeah, because that was not 11 flights. But yeah. at least like five or six. Yeah, it mean, was a lot. It was about. Then that I high. guess they wouldn't know how far up. Like he was. I don't know. Sam like figured out what floor he was on his vision, but maybe. I think. Didn't. I think. I think they figured out which apart. What his apartment number was in the yeah. in the well, in the car. They made a call. Um. So yeah. Anyways, and of course, like right as they're getting up that last step, you hear the noise of the falling window. Yep. I mean, a super bloody window, but we also, which is a really good. I love that effect. But where's the head? It must have fallen down into the alley, and which is like, how did they not see the head? Like, I thought about that too. I'm like, where's the head? Uh, but like, it would go, 
you know, like, oh. or it would fall, or or would awkwardly fall down the fire screen. Ooh. Yeah, you know, but, like yeah. p- bouncing down, or just like it no. would be on the ledge or something. There would be a head somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So I like that Dean suddenly like we need to wipe our prints off all this shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but this is the first time they're like, oh, maybe like we shouldn't have our prints here. Like we're gonna yeah. be smart, smart about this breaking and during this time. Right, so- and then they go in. Then he then after they wipe their prints down, he breaks in. So. Okay. yeah cool like maybe he used the i i don't know like you're you're not a good criminal dean as much as you want to think you are you're not you're not good at this Mm-mm. yeah so they've pretty much decided that there's probably some kind of a curse or vengeful spirit around the family at this point and uh that they need to check on max so they're going to head back to the family house at this point yeah, and I think the the curse conversation is really interesting too because we have you know Sam going, this is what we have in common. You know, our families are cursed, and mm-hmm. Dean's like, our family is not cursed. We just have dark spots. <laughs> and then Sam says, our dark spots are pretty dark, and, <laughs> and Dean replies with his very juvenile, "You're dark." Yeah, I love it. That was I like, I, which I that's also. I mean, I say juvenile. I'm not mocking it because anything I would say. So it's okay. Yeah, no, but, you're dark, man. <laughs> But, yeah uh, all right, so, conversation their perspective on their family for sure yeah for sure so they, they get back to the family house and apparently mom's resting so they're just talking to uh max and he's he's just talking about all the casseroles they've, re- they've received and uh, like his line is nothing says i'm sorry like a tuna casserole yeah and my comment on that was like now i want a tuna casserole so now i want cocktail weenies and a tuna casserole so this episode is not doing anything for me at this point i'm joke on my wine <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna say tuna casserole hard ooh from me no thanks I will rock so, so did your I, did your mom not make that as a kid like to me yeah. it's a very childhood memory a tuna of, melts and i like a tuna melt but not a tuna casserole. it took me a long time to actually appreciate a tuna melt because i was like why are you putting cheese on a tuna sandwich but then i was like okay well it makes sense oh, i like a tuna who are you? <laughs> yeah. but, i mean there's just something about um the f- horrible cream of mushroom soup that probably doesn't have any mushrooms in it and then the french fried onions there was mm. this when i was living in new york it was really hard for us to find uh french fried onions it's a yeah. southern thing and my roommate he really wanted to make to uh it was green bean casserole right yeah, and yeah. he really wanted to make green bean casserole for thanksgiving and like it was so hard for us to find them like this is free funny. amazon day yeah um yeah, so back in the back in the olden days, kid, you couldn't pre, just go pre Amazon days. You couldn't just go on Amazon and have them bring you French fried onions. You had to run around all of New York to try and find them. Did you? Um, yeah, we found them eventually. Okay. So, but and he and he got to make his green bean casserole and Thanksgiving was saved. Hurrah! That's how. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, but so tuna casserole to me is you know it's a tuna and then it's you know the cream and mushroom soup and then some sort of like not real cheese like Velveeta some sort of process thing but it's not, I don't even know there's actually even cheese in it some shitty broccoli that probably was frozen that wasn't like yeah. actual fresh broccoli and then like the best would be not even to have french fried onions just crumple potato chips on top mm, yeah yeah we did king ranch chicken a lot which is like uh, we don't talk and yeah, we never is, did that yeah which is a, oh it's a good classic uh, you but went we to a never... different church than we did <laughs> so, like whatever recipe your church has handed down probably uh, in the south probably. but anyway yeah. so dumbass doesn't want a tuna casserole how the fuck is wrong with you but uh, you know. like i'll take uh, the extras well i'm like shit like i've got 20 casseroles to eat like that would be the 
my fat kid dream. I'm like, oh my God, I have so many things. Casseroles for days, but there's a lasagna in there. There's probably can you be can you be casserole rich? (laughs) Yes, you are you are casserole rich. I mean, the only thing I'll be bitching about is trying to find room in my freezer. Like during the during the um the snow snow out, I don't want to call it a blackout, but when my neighbor, like one of our bouts of power, my neighbor was able to make uh chicken and dumplings and she brought me some over and it was like still warm and hot and I kind of wanted to cry because that was like super sweet I thought it was really nice and I was like oh you you brought me warm comfort food next time you bake you'll have to drop off some cookies yeah no I mean that's my it was like my baking tends to involve weird uh weird darkness (laughs) before you before you put the the worms in it decorative worms to be clear you can off something maybe they're real worms in my baking you don't know (laughs) they they could have been modeling chocolate i could have just harvested some worms you don't know you've got you've got your own stash of sandworms to harvest it's all right that's right yeah but yeah so uh yeah i thought that line was funny that stuck out to me and at this point like i think max is weird but i'm not like like, all right this dude's real fucking awkward like no i said he's twitchy as fuck he's twitchy yeah twitchy fucking tweaker that's it. Yeah. That's, my, that's my new rhyme. Twitchy tweaker. Twitchy tweaker. So, yeah. Anyway, so they're trying to find out, like, so now that uncle's dead now, too, they're trying to find out from Max, like, about the brothers, like, about the dad and his uncle, if they were close and blah, blah, blah. And all they really find out is that they used to live next door to each other in this other house, but the kid, like, Max, I say kid, I mean, he's an adult, but whatever, barely. So he, like, shuts down and it's just like, no, everything was perfectly fine. It was very normal. I'm a twitchy tweaker. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Nothing to see here. And I wrote, I wrote, he insists totally normal. Dot, dot, dot. Liar. <laughs> Dramatic. <laughs> you, your family is full of lies. Your house is fine. You don't have a bathroom in the first oh floor. Nothing exactly. Can- These people are full of shit. <laughs> all of them. They're all full of all shit. Of this bitch all is lying about her house being perfect. Her old house being perfect. This kid is lying about his childhood being perfect. They're all fucking lying. Uh, yeah, so now they we obviously know they need to find the old house, and so they all of a sudden we cut basically to them being in this neighborhood and um, talking to like this this guy, be like, oh yeah, we're just trying to find out what about the people that used to live across the street, and this dude's like, oh, like practically surprised the kid's fucking alive because apparently <laughs> dad was a mean drunk that beat the fuck out of him. He was and, like, yeah, I have some tea to dish. I'm gonna tell okay. you. No hesitation. All I'm putting it all out there. This kid, this shit was fucked, and you know the brother helped and the step stepmom. We didn't know it was a stepmom. We thought it was mom. Mom. No, it's a stepmom. Stepmom didn't participate, but she sure shit let stuff happen, and he is just spilling it all. Yep. Um, also, on a fun note, he is wearing an Elk Rapids, Michigan hat, which is where Scriccio went to high school, the town he went to. So once again, fine, fine Michigan. So that is one of the fine Michigans. But yeah, so I mean, we're all right. So now we're like crap, and this is where I go. And, and this, and I would say, this guy's also in a later episode on Supernatural. He does play a character um, in the final season. He's also in one episode of The Magicians. Um, and uh, he has a brief appearance in Santa Claus 2, which I adore, and Final Destination. Apparently also was in deleted scenes in Best in Show. Which I oh, I love so, Best in Show. He forgets so, so I was like, I'm like, he looks kind of familiar. He has this, but I, he wasn't, I mean, I would not have recognized him from his 
the magicians or the um, Santa Claus, but I was still amused going through his credits at that point. (laughs) Okay, both deleted scenes and best in show. Now I want to know what those fucking scenes were because I love that movie. Yeah, and I haven't watched. I need to have, I should have, yeah, I need to have a Christopher Guest marathon. It's been a while. Mm. Start off with Spinal Tap and just like work my way through. Uh, But yeah, also like part of me is like, shit, I'm going to be talking about fucking child abuse, which is awful. And I'm like, why do you have to bring this into the show? Just make it about monsters. I don't want to know about humans doing bad things. I want to know about monsters. You don't have, you know, don't make this about moral lives. Just make it about fucking monsters. So I'm like, yeah. shit. That's so two weeks in a row, we are hitting um, major moral human issues. Yay. Thanks, mm. Supernatural. So, yeah. so uh, anyways, so this is supposed to be a borderline brain fluff, not a, not a deep moral conundrum all right so uh, all of a sudden while they're standing there talking to this dude stam starts getting another vision headache i don't know what else to call it and uh he sees that um the max is holding a knife with his mind at the stepmom's face basically and <clears throat> also zelda is cooking and she has like 20 casseroles like bitch like, yeah, that's why, true why why is she chopping shit you are right i didn't even think of that this bitch has 20 fucking casseroles and she's chopping celery fuck you i am chopping shit i'm eating casseroles i mean unless you really just disliked one of the casseroles you could throw that one away but you have 20 of them what if you had to like what they if can't you- all be the same yeah you have to like uh, you're you, there's some fucking lasagna in there i'm telling you god damn it now i want lasagna <laughs> I have, I, been, I, I have been eating lasagna. I'm gonna have to make some lasagna soon. Yeah, one of my friends posted this picture of like this zucchini like lasagna he made, uh, but he broiled the cheese like under like so it was all like Broken. just covered in mozzarella. And I was like, uh, oh yeah, and mozzarella was one of the things I could not get this week because you know apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, so I, but which is part of my body was like, hey. You don't need to eat cheese every day. It's fine. Your doctor put you on some cholesterol medications because you eat cheese every day. Stop it, bitch. Step away from lasagna. Oh, but, yeah. but cheese is delicious. It is. It's cheese is so good. Oh man. So all right. So he's like hold like the mind holding the knife, and the knife is like right by her eye, which is really disturbing. Which gives me, which I don't like. Like, yeah, like I don't know. like I don't like that. Like, just something like getting like pointy close to your eye like freaks me the fuck out but i'm also like a lot, of people, a lot of people are freaked the fuck out by that yeah. so i'm like on. is he holding her hands down because that'd be like <laughs> like knock that fucking knife away well i mean i think that she's like i think it's so close to her fucking eyeball that she's like scared to move at all that's how i read it grab the fucking handle if there's a knife coming at your eye you push that shit away you don't just let like the knife come into your eye like no like no i Fuck you. Also, hold on. We also have figured out at this point that this character, this woman, is full of cowardice. So yeah, that's true. I mean, she has she has no uh I don't know, she has no balls, but for like a better word. Zelda so we know, have balls. Yeah. So we know so we know that that's part of the problem here. So I mean, obviously she's gonna be a withering flower in the corner when shit gets real. You're not a badass bitch. You're not in the badass bitch club. Sorry, Zelda. Mm-mm. you're in the shitty 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 club yeah all right so now they're talking about it so now they're like oh fuck now we got to get like back there because he's mad at stepmom who they thought was just mom mom they thought it was his, like mom, bi- mom. <laughs> but they thought it was his bio they assumed it was his biological mother because no one had said otherwise and it was just implied and not that it matters but i guess it does to the story here but um 
anyway, so they're like, hey, we got to go save this bitch before he kills her for letting him get the shit beat out of him for his entire life. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're arguing about, you know, how is he pulling it off? It's like, well, well, and then Sam thinks that they're connected. He's connected to Max because they have similar backgrounds. Or at least that they're alike, right? So they're alike, and Dean's like, nah, no, nah, y'all aren't alike. Mm-hmm. Like he's a he's a twitchy tweaker, and and they're not. And but they're like, well, how is he doing it? And Sam's like, I don't know, like telekinesis. And Dean's like, so what? He's psychic, a spoon bender, and so spoon benders. You know what that that sounds like? That, that sounds, sounds like, like it does sound like lore. All right, so. Lore. Lore. Uh, so, as you know, <laughs> these things that we go through, and I'm like, what does Liz want to talk about this? So I was like, hmm, telekinesis. What do we know about telekinesis? What do we know about spoon benders? And my brain went, what do we know about the government and 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 telekinesis and spoon benders? Because it just made me think about the men who stare at goats, um, which is a great movie. I watch it. So telekinesis is also known as psychokinesis, uh, aka PK. And so, you know, basic definition of that is the action of mind on matter, or which is based on objects are caused to move or change as a result of mental concentration. And there are a lot of urban lore, and there's a lot of conspiracy theories. This also, this also put me on many, many lists. I went to some dark places this week I didn't <laughs> want to go to. Uh, there's a lot of false flag shit. There was stuff I was like, so this was really a hard thing to figure out. But there's always the things like, oh, the government has had secret research into building up, you know, uh, psychopar- you know, paraphysics and all that stuff. So there is a long history of the military and government groups doing research into psychic phenomena and psychokinesis. Uh, Nazis, commies, Yanks, all of them had programs. Uh, Nazis probably being the first, like, infamous one. Uh, during World War II, Russia had, uh, was, I guess that was the Soviet Union. Or two, but they so no, they were so Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget, I don't know, they were Russia. Me and me later, if they were which one they were at that point. Uh, so there was a famous woman named Nina, and she was rumored to have the ability to stop an animal's beating heart using psychokinesis. So, the, like, so we know like the Soviets are having programs into this, so that's always going to lead the U.S. into having shit because if right, yeah, I mean, yeah. If Russia's doing it, we're doing it. Uh, Most of this research is coming from Annie Jacobson's Phenomena, the Secret History of the U.S. Government's Investigations into Extrasensory Perception and Psychokinesis. Okay, I need a breath. Whoa. God damn, it's a long title. Um, It's a very long title. And she is a Pulitzer Prize nominee, but I'm reading through her book. I'm like, there are some timeline issues. And so I... I'm not gonna doubt you, Annie. Like you're on. I saw you on CBS. I think you were talking to Al Roker. Um, but you know, there are some things I kind of doubt in this. But it's also the government and spoonbenders. So the famous spoonbender Uri Geller is the one who is thought to have set in motion the CIA's psychic research program. He's also known to have been a CIA asset and is rumored now to work for the present-day Mossad, which is basically the Israeli equivalent in the CIA. Mm. Um, Netanyahu has publicly said he believes in his abilities. In 1977, when Jimmy Carter was elected president, one of the first things he did was to have Uri Geller give him a four-hour briefing on the Soviet psychic threat. So... 
America didn't want a psychic gap and Yuri was the go-to guy for things. So that's where things start off in the CIA in 1977. But in 1978, CIA stops funding this. And really what they're mainly focused on besides they keep like psychokinesis is part of a lot of this, uh, but also they're really a lot of the program focuses on remote viewing, which is, you oh, know, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I used to listen to Art Bell. I know what the fuck remote viewing is. Oh, hell yeah. Art Bell Come talks about remote viewing. There. I was all, I was about that Art Bell life, after, like all through like late nineties. Oh, hardcore fan. Hardcore. Oh. But I'm a talk radio person. So I, I made the big leap from Art Bell to politics. There we go. Yeah, you know, I a, mean, I, AM radio. I was real cool. I could probably make a joke about some of the conspiracy theories and Art Bell being in some of the the political shows you listen to, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm just going to drink my wine and shut up. Yep. Uh, anyways, so CIA stops funding, and a lot of this is going to shift to the army. So we're going to start off with our first personality, who is Second Lieutenant Fred Skip Holmes Atwater, who served in the 902nd Military Intelligence Group, which is a division of Army Intelligence, which is called Operation Security, OPSEC, for those of you who work Intel, you know who you are. Um, so he was a member of the Sensitive Activity Vulnerability Estimates, aka the save team. And so they would go around to different army sites and try and find any vulnerability the Soviets could exploit. And I do feel there's a lot of parallels between this and like kind of what I do, but in a weird psychokinesis way. Uh, so, uh, so Atwater becomes influenced by a report by Dale Graff called Paraphysics R&D Warsaw Pact that was written March 30th, 1978, which basically hey. had the hypothesis is that, oh, it's a good date. March 30th is a good date. It is a good date. I didn't think about that. That's all right. We won't talk about that yeah. part. All right. So it had this hypothesis that the Soviets could be using extrasensory perception, ESP, to spy and psychokinesis to disrupt what weapon systems. So this report was published under the Air Force's Foreign Technology Division at Wright Pat Air Force Base in Ohio. Uh, shout out to my friends who are Wright Pat, you know who you are. Um, and it's really fucking fascinating. Uh, so this has been declassified. It's online. You can go read it uh, if you want to while away some hours. Um, just be careful what site you pick it up from. <laughs> at least it's on some some fun sites. Um, but really, so the study was giving primary attention to Warsaw Pact countries. So um, think Eastern Europe is pretty much Warsaw yeah. Pact. Um, and investigations that directly relate to paranormal informational processes. So telepathy, telepathy, I don't want to say telepathy, but <laughs> telepathy, clairvoyance, remote viewing, and to paranormal energetic processes like psychokinesis and bioenergetics. I actually don't know what bioenergetics is. Uh, do you? I don't know. Mm, that not is. offhand. And we can probably break it down, but uh, yeah, I mean, like by uh, what it says, I'm sure it, I mean, it ties into those things. Obviously, it's going to be having to do with energy from energy of some kind from from life if bio or would be life yeah. and energies but i don't know what they do with it uh, uh so that like where the, the people like suck people's life force <laughs> like an energy vampire oh cool <laughs> energy <laughs> vampires yeah be like colin and what we do in the shadows <laughs> yes that's exactly what i was thinking of <laughs> this is where colin was born awesome sauce <laughs> All right, so this and other materials he was reading made a concern that you know parapsychology threats could be real. And the army should create a unit at Fort Meade to train intel professionals with um, counterintelligence operations to become remote viewers. 
1977, the project Gondola Wish was born. It, this project is going to become under a lot of different names. So we've got Gondola Wish, and now it's going to become Grill Flame, which is a terrible code name. And as a person who has to think of code names, I get it. It's hard. It's really hard to come up with good code names that work and that you want to remember. But Grill Flame, come on, man. That is that is a terrible fucking code name. All right. So the civilian partner on this was SRI International, uh, interesting company. Um, who they end up like a lot of these players end up moving to Austin, um, somewhere along the road. So there's some weird shit happening in Austin. Shocking. What? Uh, what? what? There's and that what they want. They want to keep it weird. They oh, fuck. I hate that that motto, <laughs> which is why I live outside of Austin and not in Austin because ugh. Austin gets douchey. There we go. It I said is it. You're welcome. All right. All right. So when Operation Girl, Gondola Wish or Girl Flame was first started, it was a six-man unit, but they screened over 2,000 candidates to get into this. Uh, so the first basic one was uh, made up of a warrant officer named Joe McGonagall. <laughs> McGonagall. <laughs> you can turn to a cat. You all the tie-ins today. There yeah, he was a Vietnam vet. And then also three civilian army employees and two intel officers. And it was super hippie for the military, but also but were late 70s. But so because it was clandestine, they were like, ah, you can just, you know, be civilians. You can have long hair. So like, and you need to do whatever you need to do to get into your, you know, your ESP state of mind. So fucking disco they, party. <laughs> yeah, they were doing yoga. They were doing like Indian beadwork work things they were painting murals like uh, this is happening i at- go to drugs but that's okay uh, probably but also this is happening at fort mead i don't know if anybody's ever been to fort mead but i'm just trying to picture like that happening there so, ah. um, that's not one i've ever had a reason to go to so this this group was providing information to the National Security Council, the CIA. They were even providing information to the Joint Chiefs of Staff during their Iran hostage crisis. Uh, so, the in my, information they remote viewed. Yes, infra- like they were literally trying to figure out things with the and the Iran hostage crisis. I think if you're a younger person, I mean, obviously, I was three when it four when it happened. But historically, there's really interesting things that happened um, with the country, and there's a lot of things that was going on at that time. But yeah, they were having like, oh, this is where they're being held. We're we're seeing them with our mind. This is this is where you go, and like they were actually conducting operations based on intelligence derived from this group. Which you and this time we're like that's fucking batshit, but you know this is why this is such a great story. Uh, so, in 1981, Major General Albert Stubblebine, I love saying that Stubblebine, was made the commanding uh, general of U.S. Army Intelligence and Security Command uh, because it's military. We need an abbreviation, so INSCOM. Um, so we got Stubblebun running in scum, and he wanted to know what the enemy was doing before they did. And he was a major promote, proponent of psychic warfare. He initiated a project within Inscom, which he commanded from 1981 to 1984 to create super soldiers who would have the ability to become invisible at will and to walk through walls. And he also attempted to walk through walls himself. This is a fucking general in the army. That wants to have people walk through walls, and he's trying to walk through walls himself. I wish all of you could see Diana's face right now because it's fucking priceless. She's like, "What? 
But so they did that. Yeah, they did that. Um, so Stubblebine was convinced of the reality of a wide variety of psychic phenomena. Um, and he required that all of his battalion commanders learn how to bend spoons, a la Uri, Uri Geller. And he you know, tried to do several psychic feats himself, including levitation and dispersing distant clouds with his mind. Um, he was also- so This would have been a time period also where mental health was not a serious focus of the US military. <laughs> I don't mean to make light, I'm sorry. I'm not making light of mental health. I'm just saying it, this is not. Yeah, no, I mean, but also, you know, you you believe things we believe what you believe right so um i'm just saying like he made a command decision and you're when if he's telling his battalion commanders that they have to learn how to do this they are bound by their oath to follow the commands of the officers above them so that's what i'm saying that's where i'm going i'm like you're gonna learn how to bend a spoon because double bind says so what if you don't what if you can't do it do you get an uh, article? Do you also, get an Article Fifteen? Do you get written like for for not following through on the orders of your senior officer? I don't know, uh, but he's also leading like high military invasions, including the one in Granada. Um, hmm. So, which is one of our clusterfuck stories. I don't, I don't know if I'm like annoyed with or impressed that Reagan <laughs> let it this as the commander in chief anyways so Reagan. Don't had, go there. Don't go there. Do you want to talk about astrology and Reagan? No. Yeah, he and Nancy had astrology advisors. Sure. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, sure. If we ever get, I don't think we get into astrology and supernatural, but that would be a fun thing to talk about. Anyways, all right. So, Sepulvine, he sets up the Advanced Human Technology Office. And the person he brings in for this is another special character uh, who is still alive. Um, that is Lieutenant Colonel John B. Alexander, who is a former Green Beret and Special Forces Commander. And according to Jacobson, he had- kind of a, You have to be kind of a badass to be those things. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, he was kind of a badass, but- you can be a little um, cuckoo and be a badass i'm just saying. he also had a doctorate and according to jacobson she said that he had a doctorate in thanatology the study of death and then i was like that's not a major because i want that to be my major like if that was like like i didn't see that in the course catalog where is the fucking <laughs> I thanatology i was like I, so he went to he got his phd from walden and according to walden um his it was in education, not thanatology, but his dissertation was to determine whether or not significant change in spirituality occurred in person to attend a Kubler-Ross life, death, and transition workshop. So kind of. So he studied yeah. perceptions of death. Yeah. I mean, Arguably. He did, like, a, he did a study on the perception of death. Well, I, I'm sure he did a lot of masters and other work in it, but it was like, yeah. if I went to Walden and I was like, hey, I want to get a doctorate in thanatology. Like, what would they say? Like, I don't know, but like, no, I kind of, I bet I can create an online university and we're all going to major in thanatology. Uh, so he was really also known as a leading advocate for the development of non-lethal weapons and of military applications of the paranormal. And he has written and lectured quite a bit in the reality of UFOs. So there's been a lot coming out about that recently. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not saying where, what their source is, but all UFO means is unidentified flying object. And that could be a variety of sources, whether it be extraterrestrial or terrestrial. And there's been a lot coming out about that. I mean, like, uh, they've got Blink-182 researching it. I'm just saying. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's I, not actually Blink One Eighty Two. It's just really funny that um, no, I was watching uh, all uh, into it. Yeah, one of the things I was watching during the soapocalypse were uh, the last two seasons of British Baking Show, and mm-hmm. one of them as like they had to create a cake for like their celebrity person, and one of them made the singer from Blink One Eighty Two. But they oh, also then they kept they kept calling him punk rock, and I kept getting mad. I'm like, he's not punk rock. But anyways. no, literally, Tom DeLonge left Blink One Eighty Two, and apparently has been like contracted by private groups to help research UFOs. It's like a, it's a thing. Like Tom DeLonge is like down the rabbit Dude, hole. Dude, if I was fucking rich and you're like, I want you to go down this rabbit hole with me. And I'm like, I got money to spare. Cool. And that was the that was what the cake was made of. So we'll have to find the cake for Tom DeLong. Um, write that down so you say people can see the, the, the see his cake because it wasn't good. <laughs> but it was also hilarious. Uh, so Alexander did write the first article about ESP and PK that was published in an official U.S. Army publication. And it was titled The New Mental Battlefield, Be Me Up Spock um, in the magazine. And that was for the U.S. Co- US Army Combined Arms Center at Fort Leavenworth. So one, this is where I found the super magical oh YouTube of... Ooh. The supernatural, supernatural spirit magic schools review. So um, this guy is his, he goes by Satan Nicholas, and he does an entire uh, analysis of this article with a whiteboard, and he's wearing a hoodie, and I want to hug him, and I can't mock him because he's precious, but I think he needs. I just I just feel like, and it's I'm not I'm not gonna knock, but I just feel like. There's some people that are not meant to public speak for 30 minutes to an hour at a time. No, but he tried so hard. And so this YouTube is like, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't watch all of it, but it was, it was long. It was like 30 minutes or something. And he's trying to go through this article and he's precious. And I also feel like if we don't hug and support St. Nicholas, he may blow something up. So <laughs> hugs to you, St. Nicholas. I see you. I hear you. I appreciate you. He obviously your work. put a great deal of effort into his He did. Work. He he made a significant effort. And of course, we will we speaking will... speaking on video is not everybody's forte, and that's okay. And that's okay. But he he did a lot of research. He created a lot of things to put in his whiteboard. Yep. So y'all go to I'll, we'll post it. Go to St. Nicholas's site and, and give him some hugs. Of the fucking person who commented that it was beam me up Scotty, not beam me at Spock. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that Alexander, when he wrote this, was like, yes, I purpose. get it. He did it on purpose. I don't think he was like misinterpreting Star Trek, you fucking nerd. So go yeah, like put no. yourself in the corner uh, and give yourself a wedgie, you goddamn nerd. Like, yeah, that's that's just like that's just like pretentious nerd shit. Like you're so obsessed with your your own like nerddom that you don't get a goddamn joke that's crossing your two universes fuck off no it was within the I same mean, it's universe not, it's not, i mean it's, it's not their fault that that, that you know, like star trek is better no this is all star trek it was all so it's the same show diana um so scotty oh, oh spock is it's just a wrong generation damn it i watched next generation that's why no 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 they're both well, in the well, old one you're right they're they they're both there so scotty was the the doctor so and the officer and so yeah. he was so basically like when they were down on the ground scotty was the one who would beam them right, up right beam them up that's why i know which which one was, was i was a was next a generation person so i try to get my star trek references but i'm next generation in, in deep space nine person over here so sorry Whatever one Benedict Cumberbatch was in is the Star Trek on four, but um, 
But in a cover match. Uh, so, you know, honestly, I don't give a shit about Star it's Trek. Just, it's obviously tongue-in-cheek, um, though, of making a joke, and but not making a joke, but making a reference. That's the point. And, like, yeah. people are just... And he's just one of those, like, yeah, he's like, you, I hate the internet, but I love you guys. So, yes. you know, post no, positive please, things. Please continue stuff. listening online. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't write... If you love if you love Star Trek, sorry. <laughs> um, anyways, okay. So, back to the Advanced Human Technology Office. So, they went around the country to learn what motivated people. They even went to the Dallas Cowboys to learn, like, what was making the football team work. But things get weirder, if, if it's possible. Okay. So there is a combat racquetball game. So these guys are playing racquetball and they wanted to make it interesting. So they basically started tackling each other while they were playing racquetball, which I, I kind of approve because racquetball seems really boring because you're just hitting a ball against a wall. And, <laughs> but so Atwater and McGonagall, remember one of the, the original yes. guys we talked about? Yep. Um, McGonagall almost kills Atwater in combat <laughs> racquetball. And Lord. but even though he, like, Atwater's the one who's hurt, McGonagall gets really depressed and starts to gain so much weight that the army wants to kick him out, which is, like, you just really, you know how much weight you have to gain for the army to really want to kick him out? Actually, you well, they go do. they go through phases. They go through phases of how much they care about that. Uh, it's just kind of, it's, like, when, it depends if we're at war or not how much yeah. they <laughs> how long it takes like right now there's a big focus again like well, not that we're not at work so we're always at work but like as far as like the activity of the the, the um oh my gosh i can't the pace of deployments that's a different word for it i'm losing it but the pace of deployments basically right now like they've been a little bit more strict on people we let you out of the military for two years and you can't even remember your words anymore it's so I sad know, it's terrible all right so depressed i'm coming fat. up on three years out by the way which is Ooh, real weird crazy i think it's right now it's three years anyways so um, McGonagall, fat and depressed, he decides to go to retreat at the Monroe Inst- Institute in the Blue Ridge Mountains, um, mm-hmm. which is basically a new age guru place where they're talking about harnessing your stuff. And this was soon to be followed by hundreds of INSCOM personnel who want to learn how to expand their consciousness and have out-of-body experiences experiences through something called HemiSync or HemiSync. Hmm. which is basically audio patterns are used to create um binaural binaural i know how to say this word if you didn't ask right now i can say it binaural so by and then aural bin aural so or Hmm. your ears all right so basically you're creating an auditory illusion um that's perceived in two different pure tone sine waves uh both have frequencies lower than 1500 hertz uh with less than a 40 hertz difference between them are presented to a listener um in one in each ear so i think you have like you have headphones on so one sound's coming in your left ear another sound's coming in your right ear and when you do that, you get the illusion of a third tone. And it's just this cool illusion that's happening on. But they seem to think that this is a really cool way to um, have out-of-body experiences and do all sorts of other things. Uh, so in 1983, the Army Science Board held a retreat there to discuss strategies and action to improve human capability, potential, and performance. And then a team of sub- outside of Stubblebine's group was sent to assess it. And they were like, this is fucking nonsense. <laughs> so um, so the def- Defense Intelligence Agency, which is basically the intel agency for the army, yeah. asked the CIA for their thoughts. And they're like, hey, you probably shouldn't do shit with the Monroe Institute. So yeah. 
the CIA assigned a guy named Kit Green that was like, hey, maybe instead of trying to make everyone psychic spies, you should just get those that have the identified characteristics the CIA said. But Selva Bind was like, no, everybody has ESP and PK traits and you should be able to train them. And to do this without civilians, he hmm. created RAT, Rapid Acquisition Personnel Training. And a hmm. lot of Army Intel officers are like signing up for this. So we've got Selva Bind are kind of off the rails at this point. And he's like, yeah, no, y'all can all walk through walls you're just not trying hard enough you have to learn how to do this so while this was happening there's a magician named james randy who had a rivalry with erie geller the spoonbender and he put two teenagers as moles in a mcdonald laboratory for um, psychical research at washington university and basically these guys are in there for over three years and they're just fucking with this place they're just like messing up like all their tests and like doing all the stuff and then come out and they're like it was a hoax and like this is how this thing is all wrong so um but doing that, and Scott was like, you know what? I need to bring in some famous magicians. So they brought in Doug Henning, uh, which if you're older, you probably know who he is. He was a really famous magician. magician. Hmm. So he's in there to test the stuff. But it, if it ain't David Blaine, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I, well, also, I think like Doug Henning stopped being famous probably in the 80s, but I just know weird shit. And they also involved Jack Hoke. I think that's how you say his name, H-O-U-C-K. And he was a systems engineer for Boeing. And he, Bo- so Jack had a friend named um, Severin Dolan. So, hey, we got a Severin. Um, and so together, they started having um, spoon bending parties at their place in Manhattan Beach in California in 1981. I think those were either rad or boring as fuck. I think no they're kind of rad. And a bunch of them, you can go uh, to Jack Hoke still has a website. Uh, you can see a lot of these parties on there. You can see when he was on TV appearances. Uh, so really, so we've got these two engineers, one from Boeing, one from McDonnell Douglas Aerospace Company. So these are pretty high up in terms of smart people. Um, mm-hmm. But they're like, hey, we want to know if spoon bending is real. So like, we're going to have these parties and we're going to invite all these people here. And to do this, we're going to have a three-step protocol. This is how you bend a spoon, Diana. All right, one, you're going to make a mental connection with what you want to bend, right? So you make a mental mm-hmm. connection to that spoon. Two, you command what you want it to do by shouting, bend, bend, bend so you have to shout at it you have to yell bend and so then you three, yell at your spoon you have to yell at your spoon you have to tell the spoon you want it to bend hmm. and then three you have to let go you have to let your mind huh. think it's possible to bend metal with your mind but so you know, being their engineers those scientists they actually come up with that roughly like in terms of the experiments roughly 85 percent of the spoons bent Weird. And Sovereign was a, a metal, meter, metallurgist, metallurgist. I hate I that word. Like, I, I like, the, I don't mind the word, but I always feel like I can't I don't know it. how to pronounce it, but metal person. You're a metal person. <laughs> metal person. <laughs> You're a metal person with a fancy degree. And they were like, oh, okay, so like stainless flatware is the easiest to bend, blah, 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 blah. So uh, there were over 50 parties and they had over a thousand participants and they bent hacksaw blades and silver plated silver spoons and steel rods. Um, so hmm. Henny's, but Doug, Doug Henny was like, oh, no, this is actually real. It's not, they're not fucking with this. This is real. So we've got Heading is going like, yeah, you know, maybe remote viewing is not real, but spoon bending, that's the thing. So we did that's get back to some psychokinesis. I was trying really hard to get it back to psychokinesis and I did it. All right. Oh. So in 1984, Stubblebine was forced into early retirement. Oh. <laughs> Shocking. And they're like, you know uh. what? Uh, 
general, it, it, it maybe just it's want to get your pension it's early. Yeah, we, we can we can do that here. And so he was replaced with a new commander, and that new commander was like, um, we're gonna cancel this remote viewing program because it's probably a bunch of nonsense. But because this program had been authorized by the Secretary of the Army, yay, this is where we find some fun government you know, bureaucracy. <laughs> um, only the Secretary of Army could cancel it. And so it was pretty much in limbo until the DIA decided they were gonna take it in and absorb it. That um, eventually became Sun Street, blah, blah, blah. Uh, remote viewing goes on until it becomes Stargate. So you'll see a lot of stuff talking about Operation Stargate. This is where this all came from. Um, in 1995, that did transfer from the DIA to the CIA and based it on a report that basically said remote viewing isn't real, the CIA canceled and declassified the program. So over the 20 years, those 20 years that were in this project, they spent over $20 million on it. And that was the That's end. a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Or is it? According to Annie Jacobson, presently the Office of Naval Research calls this program anomalous mental cognition and says there's a 3.9 million program um, funded by the Office of Naval Research in 2014 to investigate the existence of precognition, which they refer to as spidey sense. And yeah. So apparently that's a thing. I went through the office of Navy because this is me. Um, I was digging through what they publicly had published underneath. Um, when these, so most government websites have you know they they publish what they're actually working on for the military, right. um, unless it's like super super classic classic classified stuff. But O and R really has like these are the projects we're working on. This is what's funded because it is your tax dollars, and so a lot of them they are required to publish like what their projects are going to be. Right. And I did not find this project listed there. Granted, this is 2021. That's not archived back to 2014. I'm sure we could probably. Hey. They are so military, so behind in archiving things. Are you kidding me? I was an archivist for the military. I can tell you about that because I was archiving things from the '60s in the late yeah. 2000s. I was, so, I was, uh, I, I was, I was doing some stuff from like the '70s and '80s in the um, to that in the 2010s. So I mean, like, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I, I found some really cool stuff because I was doing things for some crazy people at at a base where there may or may not have been aliens. I'm not going to say anything more. Um, you can try and find my CV. I don't know, actually, I don't even know if that's on there anymore. But yeah, so I would. Yeah, so I may have worked at a base where I may have been doing archival things about aliens. For aliens. You don't know. You don't know. It could have happened. Could have happened. Mine wasn't Anyways. that exciting. <laughs> Mine was not that exciting. It was. Actually, I, I did archive a lot of cool stuff. Um, but, anyways, okay. So, well, there. So, telekinesis. Telekinesis in the U.S. government and yeah. UFOs and remote viewing and all that fun shit. We went in a weird rabbit hole, but hey, it was we could have just made a whole Art Bell segment based on that. Honestly, yeah, we could have. Uh, there, there is there is a lot. There are a lot of I'm podcasts kidding. on this. There are a lot oh, of yeah. weird websites. There are a bunch of weird things. I was just like, oh shit, I need to go check like all of my controls and my systems and make sure like. <laughs> And now yeah, I have a, all the watch lists. I'm on all the watch lists. Uh, yeah. So uh, the government's watched me for a lot of shit. Um, yeah. I don't have clearance anymore. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, mine Suck expired. It. So, you know. 
Anyways, okay, so back where we were, da, 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 da. Sam was arguing the him and Max are alike. Uh, and they're they, pulling uh, up to the house and... Yeah, oh, and we're having the, again, the moral quandary. Right, where Sam, Dean's immediate action attitude is, we have to kill this kid before he kills someone else. And Sam's like, no, we can't, we have to help him. And Sam's like, what the fuck? We like go tell the cops the kid killed people with his mind, which he kind of has a point. Just well, Dean said, not Sam. Or Dean, I'm sorry, Dean says that. Dean says, Dean's like, we can't, Dean, Sam is saying we can't kill him. Dean's saying we have to kill him and we can't turn him into the cops because where we tell the cops. And he has a point. He has a point. Like, what do you he say? He has like, a point, but Sam's point of he's a person is, is, also a, is, a, is a very valid point, also, obviously. <laughs> very valid. I was just so, anyways, because my immediate knee jerk was don't be a dick, Dean. You're, you can't just kill this kid. But then, but yeah, I mean, what, what do, you, do you do? So like, you have someone who's going to shove knives into people's eyes, but also like with you, his brain and can't, and they won't have fingerprints and you can't prove it. Like, what and the if fuck? you can move shit with your mind, like you can't go into normal jail. You have to go to like mm. X Men jail. And mm. as far as I know, X we didn't. We don't have it. one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't cover up that research this past week. You know, yeah. like I mean, the military might have, have it, but is that okay? <laughs> did like, Art Bell talk about you know um, sure X Men jail? Like, what are you gonna do? Send someone to like a fucking like a CIO like. CIA black spot, black zone or whatever. CIO, I've been working too much. A CIA, like what do they call like the like the black spots or whatever, whatever it's called, like the black, the black, the, the places that can't be found. You know what I'm talking why about. Why am I, why am I spacing on what the the thing after black site, black site, black site? That's the word. Like a CIA I black like, site. I, I like, mean, like that's not fucking cool. That's a fucking human rights violation too. You can't just go send someone to some non-existent location because they can move shit with their brain. So I mean, they both kind of have points. Kinda. Like you can't really. You can't really kill this guy, but you also like, do you just go lock him in a hole that no one will find him? Like, I don't know if that's okay either. But yeah, somebody but, has to feed and water him. You can't just true. like put some air holes in there and like toss some kibble down and be like, yeah, we'll see you in a couple of years. You know? so, well, you know. I mean, he also is a fucking murderer. So no, he's a fucking murderer. And, but he's also a victim, which is why God damn you and your stupid moral quandaries. Moral quandaries yes. We went right. left supernatural. Stop making us think. Uh, so they <laughs> bust into the house and um, try to talk Max into talking to them outside and he's going to go. But of course, because Dean was convinced they're going to have to kill this motherfucker. He had the gun in his, in his pocket and uh, Max sees it. And okay, what it was not in his pocket. Well, I don't know. It was a waistband. <laughs> it was, is it his waistband? I, maybe in a holster. Maybe there was a holster there. I don't know. But it did also, not appear to be a holster. My, my comment was bad conceal. Like you, yeah. you can't. You oh, can't terrible. Conceal a, yeah, no, that's illegal. Um, I guess well, I don't really care. No, but, it's, you know, it's not about, illegal in Texas. About, about, well, you, well, you know, it's illegal, but if you're concealing, it has to be concealed. You can't be printing. Like it has to. It's either you, open carry or no. No, open carry is okay. So well, can, now we're can... open carry now. Okay, I was thinking pre open printing carry. doesn't print. Yeah, that, at the time of the show, it would have been illegal. How about that? At the time of the show, it would have been illegal for you to be concealing, but also your gun's probably illegal, and yeah, yeah so, you probably right. don't have a concealed carry license. No. no, you don't even need that anymore. We're just LTC. We go straight to license to carry. Not even fucking with C. There's no there's no C on there anymore. No conceal. Um, but yeah, so he sees the gun and freaks the fuck out. Cause he's like, oh, they're going to fucking kill me. So he slams the door shut and all the windows shut with his brain and, um, and pulls the gun out of Dean's like waistband, which is super creepy. And it makes it like come over to him. 
that part freaked me out a little bit. I was like, oh, that's not good. And then he, uh, mom's trying to like get upset about this shit. So he slams her face against the fucking giant island in their kitchen, which I forgot to mention <gasps> while we were talking about her like cutting vegetables on it. It was a large, lovely island. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, I was kind of jealous of that island. Yeah, it was a good island. I mean, my, uh, neither of us have kitchen layouts that would are conducive to an island, but it was a lovely, large island. Just wanted to say. Yeah. Um, and obviously, by this point, Max knows they're not priests. <laughs> Just You're not priests, man. <laughs> what? Um, and so Sam's convinced that his, like, the whole reason they're there is that he needs to help Max and work through this shit. And really wants to get, like, Max to have five minutes of conversation without Dean, without stepmom around. And so finally, they allow that to happen. And stepmom and Dean go away. And they're talking. And like while they're talking, the Max is spinning this letter open <laughs> on the table. Where I'm like, "Oh, you're fucking the table up, dude!" But he's spinning it. That's um, on your mark, yeah. I'm like, the wood finish is gonna be fucked. Uh, you're gonna kill your stepmom. You need to sell all this furniture. It's gonna be damaged. No, no I'm just kidding. Anyways, um, and so, but we got we kind of sad because basically at this point is when Sam's talking to Max, and Max confesses that, uh, or reveals, I confess, reveals that. Yeah, dad beat the fuck out of him as a kid, but dad never stopped. And if he would have, he would have bad occasions and he's still like bearing wounds from just weeks ago of dad having like a drunken meltdown and beating the fuck out of him as a grown up. And that he basically lives in fear all the time and his entire life is consumed by fear because of his dad and his uncle and his stepmom too, because she never protected him. So he has fear and anger towards her too. Very yeah. dark. Very it's fucking super, dark. Super, super dark. And sad. And, Very sad, too. Yeah, and, and there is that part of me that's like, yeah, he beat the shit out of you. Fucking kill him. You know, like, like yeah. yeah, you know, he's a fucking dick. Um, but there's also the part of you are an adult and you, and I'm not, this is not a shaming or anything else, but I'm like, oh, did, was there no one else to call? Was Could you not like leave, move out, get a job? I, I don't know. And I'm not saying that, I'm not, it's not a shaming thing. It's a try to find an escape route thing is what I'm Yeah, but to, he also, I mean, I, this goes into the whole world of being a victim. Abused, where it's yes, like, it's different. Like he basically, the people who were supposed to protect him didn't. Right. Yeah. And especially he has the stepmom who, but honestly, you know, likely she was also probably a victim. And, you know, as much as he wants if to not put physically, blame on psychologically, her, psychologically, you know, and just probably thought if it wasn't he hitting him, um, no, I don't want to get this dark. Okay. So, um, anyway, so he so did, basically, put, a yeah, lighter note, make up, make an apartment. That was a really good job. His bruises was really good. Yes, it was. Yeah. And so basically he thought that being able to start moving things was a gift and that um, he didn't think that even moving out or getting away from them would have been enough that he just wanted to not be afraid anymore. And that his dad like would look at it with hate in his eyes. Very sad, very dark stuff. Uh, and that his dad blamed him for his job, his life. And then bum, 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 for his mom's, mom's death. <gasps> mom's death. How did mom die? in his nursery what <gasps> she died the same way that sam and dean's mom died and jess yeah so mary and jess yep yeah. so yeah so now we're getting to see like some of this puzzle is is, is coming together all right yeah. so we got two moms 
died the same way. Yep. Abilities start at the same time. Yeah, they and both so started around the same time. Mm -hmm. This is really seven months pushing. ago, out of the blue, they both suddenly started being like psychic-y and telekinetic. <laughs> psychic-y. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it really is pushing the storyline of the show too. Yeah. It's like, so now we have, okay, this is, we're going to go back to like the original thing of like where right. this all came from. We have a tie-in, we have a pattern, we have a, something happening here. And Sam kind of thinks like he's implying they might be like chosen in some way or whatever, and that there's really a connection between them two. And that try to try to tell Max that Sam and Dean are looking for answers to why these deaths happened and tries to convince Max to let stepmom go. Uh, and Max is like, nah, and shoves with his brain hole, shoves, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> So it shoves, uh, shoves Sam into the closet and uh, pushes a, an arm, like a big cabinet in front of it to lock him in. And he's just basically convinced that he has to kill his stepmom to not continue living in fear. Yep. So back yep. up, we cut to upstairs and we see that he <laughs> goes in this room <laughs> i'm just picturing the scene sorry because the, oh. like the weird floating gun oh the gun floating was kind of creepy but kind of cheesy a little bit of both well um, they're also just like from a production standpoint oh i mean gosh. either either they you know erase some shit or somebody had this gun on like i'm just picturing it was like fishing line on a string like holding <laughs> it like turn it this way oh shit oh shit it turned too much it turned too much hold it's, on it's, let me untwist it's going it in a circle it's going to circle like I, that's all i can think about like <gasps> during this just, very emotional was, thing i thought it was just okay cgi i assume but yeah um, i don't know i'm i'm going way. with gun he, like, he like violently like shoves Dean, well shoves Dean against the wall and like gets he still has a gun and he's basically like if you go through you got to go through me first to kill your stepmom, whatever. And Max just pauses, says, okay. And they show this really fucking dramatic scene of him shooting Dean in the motherfucking head. You know, this is a very disturbing scene. Like, yeah. it was... Yeah. I, I did not like the bullet hole to the forehead. No, no, like, it no. was... Not into that. No, no, I didn't like it. And, you know, he just, no, did not like it. But... And then, of course, it's Sam's vision. It's, it's like it's like twilight all over again <laughs> it was all it was all what could have been it was all Wait, a vision did, did somebody <laughs> eat a baby <laughs> so um sam uses his mind to move the fucking cabinet in front of the doors now which is oh, a big so thing we've seen we've, so sam's had visions but he ain't moved shit yet so now yeah. sam now apparently sam has visions and can move things with his brain so he does that and all of a sudden he bursts into the bedroom just in time right when the floating gun is spinning to shoot dean in the fucking face um and basically tries to explain that max shouldn't kill dean and his stepmom and so of course because what else was going to happen at this point because max was not redeemable at this point uh, in my opinion, his character was not redeemable. He was deeply abused. It was not his fault, but he made choices that that were irredeemable at this point. That didn't—they were not justified. They were 
caused by other people's actions, but they were not justified by other people's actions, if that makes sense. Yeah, and also, I mean, I don't know if he was irredeemable. I think it's just the mm. character ref- did not want to be redeemed. And well, that too. Yeah, he had no desire. Just, he wanted he, to not, he, he was so obsessed with what he felt his he, mission yeah, he was. He wanted was to it. wallow in pain. He wanted to yeah. inflict pain on other people. And that's where you cross that line. And so that's, that's where, fair. I mean, That's fair. Irredeemable might not be the best way. He was choosing to be irredeemable. Yeah, and then unfortunately, uh, he turns the gun on himself, and it's very upsetting and depressing. But yeah, very upsetting. Yep. Yeah. So immediately after that, we cut to um, the cops uh, talking to mom, sitting on the sofa, crying, talking basically, and she kind of gives like her explain away for why the fuck Sam and Dean were there. Is like, oh, they're well, she's covering for them. I think she, she did. did. She totally like covered cover for them. Like she was it on was. her feet. Like. Good good like cover for yeah. cops well she's probably used to that mm. oh damn mm-hmm. so she was scared of max and when he showed up with a gun and, and um, sam and dean were family friends that she called to come over i did think one part in this was really dark and interesting about her not sam and dean thing so it doesn't really it's not going to matter long term but she's crying on the sofa talking to the police and she says a line specifically she says i lost everyone which is really fucking dark and sad because she just lost her husband, her brother-in-law, and her son, right? All three. Yeah. Also, I felt like right after she said that while they were there, she was crying and I couldn't tell when she turned and was having a somber moment or if she turned and it was faking. And I was like, she, but she, I felt like she turned and took a breath and wasn't crying for a second as they were focused in on her. And so I was like, well, is this, is she just all like emotionally defunct at this point? Or is she just needing a fucking moment? And I don't know, but I don't think we need to spend a well, ton of time deconstructing her emotional well-being. I was just thought it was but a weird honestly, thing. Honestly, I would have much more, it was like empathy, but I mean, much more in line with her emotional well-being if she was, you know, I'm free. Not that I've lost everyone, but. Right. Now I'm finding yeah, free a way of everybody. From, I'm free of my asshole husband. I'm free of my asshole brother-in-law and my son who just tried, my stepson who just tried to shove a knife in my eye, you know, so. And then shoot me. But also, I mean, in terms of, I'm not going to go into deep, you know, victim psychology, but I mean, that is, you know, probably a natural thing too. It's just like, as much as you hate the abuse, um, that's what you knew. So, no. but you know, and we're gonna go with Happy Zelda Land. So she's going to go find her sister, and she and be is going, yeah, and she's going. They're going. To, her sister has her niece, and they're gonna get a cat that talks, and yeah, the, she's gonna worship the Dark Lord, and then eventually find her way to the goddess, and everything will be great. So that's that's how her story ends, and we're going with it. Okay, <gasps> so. So we got we cut back to um to Sam and he really just thinks there's more that could have been done and that they you know how lucky and it's kind of an interesting come around at this point because he talks about how lucky they were to have the dad that they did that you know if their dad had turned to alcohol instead of fucking monster hunting basically they could have been Max is kind of well no so his dad did turn to alcohol uh, but he did that in. It with monster hunting, you know. So, like, we're gonna drink some tequila and we're gonna go hunt demons. 
That sounds, that sounds reasonable to balance, but no, I'm just kidding. But uh, I've got issues with their dad already. We, we talked about this, like we're already pissed at dad, but it was just basically saying that all things considered, we turned out okay is what Sam says, which I think that was a really interesting point because he's so hard on their upbringing and their dad so much through this uh, so far in the, in the series. And at this point, he's kind of like, okay, well, we, dad really did try to treat us proper and was dad wasn't a fucking abusive asshole kind of a thing it's yeah. kind of his his statement there i think when at one point i think he was implying that dad was borderline abusive yeah and, and i think it's a turn but also i think the other interesting turn is we turned out okay and then you yeah. see dean's face and dean is kind of like but you didn't like mm. you're a freak like i there and you know, we'll probably get to this the rest of the season, but that whole Dean is in denial and we turned out okay. And he's like, I have a brother who is now, well, he hasn't even told him yet, but you know, I have a brother who's having visions and are we really okay? Which is kind of, a, oh. but also Dean being him is not going to admit it. He's yeah. going to be like, yeah, no, we're no, fine. Everything's, fine. Everything's like, fine. Everything's fine. This is fine. This is fine. So we cut back to the fucking Billy Bass Motel. Dear Motel, Billy Bass Motel. Yeah. Uh, and it, he's, they're really just trying to figure out like, why would this kill these moms? And then be, and then their kids become tele, telepathic or telekinetic of some kind. Sorry, not telepathic, telekinetic. And that, um, and that is where Sam confesses to Dean that he was able to actually move that cabinet with his brain. So yeah, Dean, also, wait, before, before you go to that, oh, yeah. while they're arguing about this, Dean was like, it's not about you. And I was like, but it kind of is. Like, yeah, no, like I'm having like fucking, do you see my migraine visions I'm having all the time? Like this shit's kind of about me. Like yeah. I get there's a bigger picture, but yeah, no. It's right me. now it's about me. Yeah. yeah. And so, but then after he talked, after Sam tells Dean that he moved the cabinet with his mind, Dean holds up a spoon and says, bend this. <laughs> bend it bend it bend it <laughs> and sam's like i can't do it on demand so uh um, also while he's talking about that did you see the lamp there's this really great bear lamp in the background and so there's a bear lamp and then on top of it it has like this old westerny um lampshade that has like guns on it and wagon wheels so and just, uh, there's like this bear on his back and it's like it's underneath some um some moose horn i think they were moose horn antlers not horns uh, mooses don't have horns they would be awesome if they did but some moose antlers <laughs> and so yeah but anyway so bend it bend it bend it that's all i can think about because i watched this episode after i did the research so that i can just think of like the, the bend, spoon bending parties so and then uh basically sam's expressing that he's scared to turn into a max but dean's like well you can't you won't because of me no but then follows up with let's go to fucking vegas and run some craps table <laughs> this is also this is i liked i really did like this moment because he's like as long as you're around like i'm not gonna let that happen to you which yeah. you can interpret in many ways but then also we got the humor and of like i know what we need to do and sam's like on his edge of the sheet like what do we what? do what and all of us are like oh my god dean knows where we need to go and he's like going to vegas man <laughs> Right. Like, oh, you character, you can't, Dean. So nightmare. That was nightmare. I am. Um, I'm going to say that I feel it was an important character development episode, but I didn't like it. 
because it was a little dark like i said like it was too dark and and, and like i mean i'm not saying like monsters aren't fucking dark but this was like the moral depressing dark and i'm i was not in the zone for that that part i didn't love i like um the the development of sam is really important here in his interaction with uh dean well or regression of sam maybe and we'll see um and their interaction is really important but i just i it felt just like so like and I don't want to, I'm not trying to downplay, but it was like, oh, the trope of the, it was very, it was a lot of trope to it without me going into it in depth in a way that'll make people mad. And I felt like it was not like, you know, it's like, oh, the uh, revenge episode. Like, like, okay. Like, oh, so let's have a sad, like a terribly sad abusive family story where the kid turns out to be a psychopath because he was a terribly abused child and killed so much people. Like, yeah, that's fucking like, oh, this is warm and fuzzy. Not that they all should be warm and fuzzy or will be, but it was kind of fucking dark. So no, sense? it was it was very dark and I get it. Like they can't all be supernatural escapism, but I do prefer it when we have much more of a metaphor yeah. um, where there is the darkness of humanity is oh my god i'm gonna sound so pretentious when i say this but Mm -hmm. so when humanity's darkness is actually being put into a supernatural creature that is something that's a lot easier to digest and to think about and then this one is really highlighting humanity's darkness of you know these are terrible things that people do and then there's gonna be consequences and actions for it and we're going to use those consequences to drive the storyline it leaves you with an icky feeling and yeah no i felt real icky for most of this even though um i got to see sam and gene as priests which was pretty funny um so i prefer the most lighter fluffier episodes and you know yeah. It's going to take a bit for us to get to where it's really light and fluffy and I enjoy the fuck out of it. But yeah, this was like, oh, it's so dark. Yeah, I, that's how I felt about it. It lasted, like I, I think some of the interaction with the brothers was important. I think the interaction of uh, uh, Sam's revelation about his own childhood was important. But I also just like, man, overall, the episode was a fucking bummer, man. Yeah, no, it was super fucking depressing. It was super depressing. But, you know, at the end, they get to be in the hotel room and Billy Bass is going to sing to them. <laughs> he's going to sing. He's going to sing him to sleep with his sweet yeah. crooning tones. <laughs> yeah i swear to god i'm gonna find the billy bass where it's not go to the river like i swear there's one where he says like weird oh, things like we, the will, we, will, we will be sharing some fucking billy bass videos you be, be prepared internet <laughs> sorry <Be> prepared. <laughs> you better be following us smash the like button smash the like and bro <laughs> are we done i think that's i think that's it for this week uh we'll have to figure out our our approach next week so i'll have to figure out watching and all that good stuff so all right that's what we got for episode 14 all right well cheers jerk cheers bitch thanks for listening to this week's episode of devil's trap podcast be sure to follow us on instagram devil's trap podcast twitter devil's trap pod or you can email us devilstrap at devilstrappodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, so you can always find us at devilstrappodcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't be a dick production. Meow. Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Roscoe. Meow.